Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Week 12 Pick'em Pod, brought to you by our good friends at Untuck It. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're back on the Pick'em Pod streets. Back on the Pick'em Pod. Hopefully we have some better success than last week. And Cody, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm a little ashamed to say it, but do you know what my Pick'em record is from the last two weeks? Um, I'm going to say you're one in seven close oh and eight so I've been... <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yeah i've been ice cold underrated fact of the pod i've been cold on our pick'em game so hopefully i'm better tonight wow that's very big of you to just uh come out with i knew i knew you were oh and three last week and i didn't remember it makes sense actually because the week before you were on the chargers i was on the raiders on that thursday night game because i think our other four picks are the same um yeah i mean what's what's your pick and pod record on the year tyler do you have that handy i think it's 22 27 and one okay yeah i think that math i got 25 25 and one so one of us is gonna have to look into our math here we'll figure it out um future us will build out a better excel spreadsheet that we can just track it in um but yeah 
week 12 is here kind of wild we're already this deep into the season and tyler uh i mean one of the better slates we've had in what feels like a while i'm actually uh very excited for more than just like two of these games yeah it's a great slate the five games we're talking about are all really good and have huge playoff implications and then there's a sixth one saints panthers which you know panthers are fading but it is a matchup between two teams not under 500 so getting six of those games on a sunday is pretty great yeah it is um the thursday night game that we get started with is is a huge one afc south division rivals texans hosting the colts uh texans coming off getting absolutely trounced by the ravens they're three and a half point home favorites over unders 45 both teams are six and four uh colts destroyed the jaguars last week and these teams have already played one styler colts won 30 to 23 uh this is this is a huge game for the texans they can't lose both to the colts and reasonably win the division colts come in no marlon mack he broke his hand he's ruled out ty hilton actually had a full practice today so it seems like he's likely trending towards playing will fuller for the texans he was limited, so we'll see if he goes. Tyler, are you leaning one way or another here? Because I feel pretty strongly about this game, actually. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of people are going to overreact to last week's Texans game, the way they lost. Um, I, I mean, they got blown out. They got embarrassed, but there's no shame in losing to the Ravens. They look like the best team, and that team is clicking on all cylinders right now. So I think there might be a little overreaction to how good or how bad the Texans are. You look at their previous five games, uh, they won four out of five, winning by an average margin of 13.5 points. So this is a good team. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Raiders. So I like the Texans. I think the Colts are banged up. Marlon Mack isn't going to play. T.Y. Hilton, you said he's trending towards playing. Um you know, if he's even hobbled, I think that that hurts the Colts. He's by far their best receiver. Outside of that, they don't have a ton of people who scare me. And I think the Texans come in more motivated. Um, like you said, you can't go 0-2 in the division. And if they lose this game, you know, they're in serious trouble of missing the playoffs altogether. So I like the Texans at home on a short week. They're the healthier team. And I know they played already in the Colts won, but like, was that the most forgettable game? I know we talked about it on the podcast, but I do not remember a single thing from that first matchup. Yeah, I don't remember anything. I wrote the score down, 30-23, Colts won. Um, so that, that, that's, yeah, that's that's what I have on that matchup. Um, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, this will be his second game back off his injury. I mean, they didn't really miss a beat last week versus the Jags. And the Colts have had success uh, for what it's worth worth recently versus AFC South. They're 6-0 and against the spread their last six in the division. The biggest thing that makes me nervous is how much Deshaun Watson got roughed up versus the Ravens, a defense that started the season slow that's come on of late, uh, but still it felt like the old Texans. He got hit 10 times, sacked seven in that matchup, really just was kind of running for his life for a majority of that one. But I, I agree with you, Tyler. I think the intangible factors of just the fact that they got embarrassed last week in a game that people were hyping up. I think us included, like I, we were both on the Texans. I was, I was one of your pick em picks. So we know it didn't hit. Um, I, I really thought Deshaun Watson was going to go toe to toe with Lamar. He got embarrassed. Now they come back and have a prime time game on a short week. Um, 
I like Frank Reich more as a head coach than Bill O'Brien, but I think kind of on a short week, there are fewer days to game plan, so less of an advantage for someone like Frank Reich. It's just kind of talent versus talent. Marlon Mack being out, I think, is a big loss. Uh, Jonathan Williams picked him up in fantasy. Hope he does well, but like I think Marlon Mack is one of the more underrated running backs in football, and I agree with what you said. I, I see a world where maybe the Colts try and rush T.Y. back a little early because they realize the importance of this game. Um so if he's not at full strength, I think they're not. They're just not the same team. Um, so I'm three and a half seems low. Like if if the Texans play a close game versus the Ravens and say it's the same outcome for the Colts last week versus the Jags, I think this is more like five and a half. Um, so I think at three and a half, you get you get some value. Could be, and I think last week the Texans losing to the Ravens like that. You're just going to get games with the Texans like that where you expect them to come in and play well and they just drop an egg. The classic Texans, it's why they never really win anything in the playoffs. But as far as this game goes, I see them bouncing back bouncing back on a short week. I think Deshaun Watson will play well. Um, last week was kind of hyped up as an MVP matchup, and he didn't deliver. So I think he'll be motivated. The offensive line will be motivated in the the Colts' defense isn't as good as Baltimore, so that should help as well. So I think we're both on the Texans, um, and there is a slight angle to it where we are rooting for the Colts to lose. Um, mm-hmm. but Do you think our listeners know that we have the Colts win under at this point? Probably. It was like me last year with the uh, Cowboys win over, which did hit. Oh, um, you had that. Yeah, bringing it up every, every People week. forget. People forget. Yeah, You had them over, what, eight and a half wins? Yeah, I think so. You just got to speak it into existence. So, congratulations to you. Bladed, congratulations to you. Let's move on. We need the Colts to lose. So, go Texans. Um, Next game we want to talk about Sunday, early afternoon game Seattle Seahawks going into Philly to take on the Eagles. Eagles are one and a half point home favorites. Um, We're going off the lines from. Um, our good friend Dave Mason, Bet, Bet Online, a website he works for. I just want to double check that hasn't moved at all because I actually did pre work podcast prep, Tyler, um, which I, I feel like I, I saw the board uh, more clearly this morning. Um, fresh, fresh set of eyes, you know. Um, but yeah, the Eagles are one and a half point home favorites, over under 48 and a half. Uh, Seattle's off their bye. Um, we know what happened with Philly last week versus uh, the Pats. They lose 17 to 10. Um, this line stinks of a trap, absolutely reeks of it. I don't know why Seattle's not favorited. They're into, they're off a bye. They're 5 and 0 this season on the road. Russell Wilson, we, we all know nauseatingly, he's putting together an MVP campaign to go toe-to-toe with Lamar he has 23 touchdowns two interceptions which of course we both want to hate on him but those numbers are just stupid um and this Eagles team really hasn't shown us anything kind of not a must win for them but a huge game for them especially if they could uh win this one and Cowboys play the Pats Tyler are you I'm I'm leaning towards Seattle I know this line doesn't really make sense but the the Seahawks are a very good road team. Like I don't, I this line this line is su- such a trap. Yeah, Seattle's a good road team. They're also good in the Eastern time zone. Their last nineteen games in that time zone, they're sixteen and three straight up, thirteen five and one against the spread. That includes 
uh, wins versus the Steelers and the Browns this year. Um, so it's not a spot where they're uncomfortable in. Um, it's a one o'clock start, but again, they have had success when most West Coast teams don't. 82% of the public is on the Seahawks right now, so the line mm. opened at Eagles minus three, down to one and a half. I feel like that's going to get to a pick by the time the game starts. Um, I don't know. We just haven't seen anything from the Eagles this year that they're going to be that contender. Everyone thought they were going to be. It's a classic scenario where the team that is projected to win the NFC East just drops an egg and isn't as good as expected. I feel like we get this every year. So I, I'm tending to lean Seattle. I really don't want to take them, but they've just been so good this year, especially on the road. Anytime you think you could count out P. Carroll, Russell Wilson, they do something to surprise you. I mean, I feel like the last four years we've heard Seattle's going to take a step back, that their team isn't good, and they're always good. So I hate when people say that because it's just not true. Um, so I guess I'm leading Seattle. Crossing my fingers, the Eagles win, though. Yeah, yeah, the 49ers fans and us would love an Eagles victory here. The Eagles passing offense has been absolute trash this year, though. They're, they've only thrown for 227 yards one time in the last seven games. Now, Seattle's defense hasn't exactly been stellar. They're 22nd passing defense in the uh, in the NFL, so like maybe Wentz comes alive in this one. Um but I, I don't. I mean, the Seattle trends are just crazy. We said it, five and zero on the road. You mentioned their success against uh, in the Eastern Time Zone. They're nine and zero against the spread. Their last nine as an underdog, a number we ignored when it was eight and zero going against the 49ers. It's just the the Russell Wilson effect is real. This guy just is so annoyingly clutch. And the Eagles have not had success against Seattle of late. Their own four straight up. And against the spread, the last four matchups, uh, the last four times these teams have met. So we're in agreement, two for two, uh, both on Seattle. And uh, I hope this doesn't mean that. I mean, hopefully your cold streak on these pick'em games uh, flips here. Yeah, and I'll give some pro-Eagle trends, I guess. So I looked this up, did some digging. The Eagles under... Uh, what's his name? Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Are 4-0 against the spread as a short favorite at home, so under a field goal. So it is a spot they thrive when they're not getting that uh, respect at home when the road team coming in is expected to be better. They do play well in those games. And over the last three games, the Eagles have the best pass defense in the NFL and are allowing the fourth fewest points. So the defense, which was struggling earlier in the year, is picking it up, and that's where you're going to have to slow down Seattle on the, the pass defense. So... Maybe they can make some improvements there. But like you said, just have seen nothing from the Eagles offense this year. Carson Wentz, like even I can't even think of a game he's played well in, but it just seems like any game they win. The Packers game. Yeah, that's like the only one that comes to mind. Even the Packers game, you look at his stats, he he throws for under 200 yards. And like we talked about on the Sunday Scares pod, if you're that great of a quarterback at some point, like you're going to have to start carrying the team. It doesn't matter who the receivers are who the running backs are, what's happening around you. If you're that great, you transcend who's around you and just haven't seen it. No, we, we haven't seen anything, and they're running out of time. It's the Week 12 Pick'em Pod, so if the Eagles are going to wake up, they're they're definitely running out of time. Luckily for them and their NFC East rival that they're contending for this division uh, with the Dallas Cowboys are playing the New England Patriots in Foxborough, um, and the Patriots... 
some of these trends in New England are just like absolutely insane. So the Pats are six and a half point home favorites. Over under this one is forty five and a half. Um, now Tyler, the Pats are fourteen three and three against the spread and nineteen and one straight up. Their last twenty games when laying a touchdown or less in Foxborough. So they just they come to play and they're twenty and zero straight up. Their last, their last 20 games at home. So this is a bad team that takes care of of their business on their home field in Gillette. Um, but their offense has been garbage of late. Um, they got embarrassed by the Ravens three weeks ago. Last week, they, they eke out the victory in Philly. They've only scored 37 points last two games. Um, Brady was frustrated in the press conference after the game. Um, and I mean, I said it. I, I think he's he is washed up. The infrastructure is there for this team to still be good. Um, but I, this matchup really is interesting because the Cowboys offense has been incredible this year. Dak Prescott's putting up numbers. He's getting his. They've won the best offenses in the NFL. Um, but this feels like a big game for Jason Garrett. Like if, if they win this game, <laughs> I, I feel like he's uh, he, he might get his boy Jerry Jones to sign him up for another few years. Like – I, the Cowboys haven't shown us anything recently against teams with winning records. They're zero six against the spread. Of the last six um, versus teams that have winning records. So that's it's not not a favorable trend. Do you uh, are you intrigued by this Cowboys plus six and a half? Because I definitely am, but I don't I don't think I'm gonna actually put money on it. Not a good trend indeed. Like you said, it's a big week for Jason Garrett. I think you've been uh, watching our boy Cowherd because that's been his whole thing all week, talking about how Dallas on paper might be the more talented team than the Patriots, but the coaching mismatch between Belichick and Garrett is so just so huge, and that will end up playing a factor. And I agree with you. I mean, this is a big game for him. They never win big games, but I will say this. It feels like every year the Cowboys go into a game where they're underdogs by touchdown or more, and they just win outright, and you're like, how the hell did that happen? Last year it was the Thursday night game versus the Saints when the Saints were rolling and the Cowboys beat them outright. Cowboys have won their last three outright when they're dogs of six or more points. So it's a weird spot. They thrive in it. Having said all that, you don't really get rich betting against the Patriots. Like you said, they've won 20 straight games at home. They're 11-2 they're and two straight up and against the spread. Their last 13 versus the NFC, 7-1 and one straight up and against the spread. Their last 8 at home. So they dominate at home. They dominate everybody. That's why they've gone to the Super Bowl the last 20 years. So it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to pick against them. But I do see an angle where this might be that one Cowboys game I talked about where they just go into a game you're not expecting them to win and they, they play great. So who are you taking? I'm taking the Patriots. Um, <laughs> okay, because I was like, you finished saying that. I was like, I have no idea where you're leaning. I'm also intrigued by Cowboys plus six and a half, but I'm not betting on it. I'm betting on the Patriots. If if I were going to put money on, like to play a Cowboys angle that I think could hit, if the Cowboys win this game, the total's going over 45 and a half. Um I like a little maybe Cowboys money line parlay with the over. Um, if you want to sprinkle a little bit of capital on, on that, I think that's interesting and probably pays out quite nicely. Um, 
but Pats minus six and a half. Just the trends are a joke. The trends at home are an absolute joke. I feel like you stare at the line week in, week out, and mm, maybe like I could I could see the Cowboys uh, playing well. Um, and like I do I do think there's a world, but I'm on the Pats. I I agree. Pats minus six and a half. The Cowboys gave up 27 points to the Lions last week with uh, Jeff Driscoll starting QB. They were not very impressive in that game. They gave up 28 the week before, so the defense has been struggling. So I think that could be a good cure for the Patriots. And for Dak, this could be his game. If he wins in Foxborough, or they play great, he gets into a shoot. Yeah, he's already played really well this year, and he's going to get a big contract. But like this game this week could really solidify that. And the trend for against the Cowboys that's very concerning and why I like the Patriots. <clears throat> Cowboys have only scored a first-quarter touchdown in one of their last seven games, while their defense ranks near bottom of the league in first-quarter points allowed. So I could see the Patriots getting off to a hot start. Like you said, Brady was frustrated. The way the offense played last week, the only touchdown – they scored was on or the only throwing touchdown they had was on a trick play so he's going to come out motivated i feel like mcdaniels is going to have a good game plan and the patriots will get out to a hot start and once the patriots go ahead their defense is so great that they'll be able to hold the cowboys offense down uh, and let their defense do the rest yeah that i looked up that uh i like that first quarter stat um I looked up the parlay, Cowboys money line and the over forty five. Pays out plus five forty. Interesting. Um, but I think I, I think you just gotta roll with the Pats minus six and a half at home. Um so we are Jesus, we're in agreement three for three so far. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, have a word uh, about our friends at Untuck It, and then be back profiling the rest of these games. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. You can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. Within Tucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit untucket.com and use code BLUE. For 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, Cody, let's move on to the Sunday night game. Our 49ers are at home hosting the Packers. 49ers are three-point favorites, and this starts a brutal stretch coming up in the 49ers schedule. And for people who might be tired of listening to us talk about the 49ers, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get used to it because the 49ers are the first team in NFL history facing a three-game stretch of facing opponents with winning percentages over 800. So it's a tough stretch for the 49ers coming up. Where are you leaning this one, Cody? 800 or over, I would say, right? Because Packers are 8-2. That's 800, yeah. 
Over 800. Okay. Um, I was doing like a greater than greater than or equal to kind of thing. Um, Tyler, where my thoughts are at for this game. Um, anytime the 49ers played the Packers, just from like growing up, uh, losing to Brett Favre in tragic fashion, to the T.O. catch over the middle, him crying in the playoffs, to... Uh, the Colin Kaepernick years when we when Colin Kaepernick was the best quarterback ever versus the Packers. We were at uh, that one, the divisional game um, when he put up like, I don't know, 480 all purpose yards. So they the 49ers and Packers just always play like pretty epic games. So I'm expecting a good one here. Three points feels like not a ton of respect for the Niners, which all four. Um, they are banged up, and the Packers have been a good against the spread team this year. They're seven and three um, against the spread. 49ers are only two, two and one against the spread at home, and really could have been, really should have been two and three, uh, pending that ridiculous push last week versus the Cardinals. Um, but I mean, the, the Packers are hot since they've lost to Philly. They're five and one straight up, four and two against the spread. They've had an average margin of victory by nine points. And the Packers are healthy now. Devontae Adams is back. And it feels like that hasn't been the case at all uh, for the Packers in the, in the recent of, in recent memory. Um, so good for them. On the other side of the ball, we know all too well. The 49ers are very banged up. D4 now has a hamstring thing. We know George Kittle sat out the last couple weeks. Matt Burrito was out last week. Debo Samuel, Man- Emmanuel Sanders, all these important playmakers for the 49ers are on the injury report. Hopefully we get a few of them back. It seems like Debo and Emmanuel will play. Uh, Kittle, Shannon's being very coy with it, which uh, scares me a bit because I think he's key to their run game. Um, but in terms of minus three, I think the 49ers realize the fact that Again, you're only going to take it one week at a time, but the next two games at Baltimore, at New Orleans, are absolutely brutal. The 49ers kind of have to win this game. Yeah, this is a monster game for the division to get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. I agree with you. This is a must-win game. Going into Baltimore next week, I don't really have a lot of high expectations for that game. Early East Coast game, I think that's going to be tough, especially coming off a Sunday night game that expects to be close and intense like you mentioned so this is going to be a big game the 49ers have not been running the ball well at all after running after having rushed for over 200 yards versus the panthers i think they've rushed for 200 yards like combined their last three games so they've been struggling i think shanahan's gonna have to dial up a really great offensive game plan to get the run game going because Packers defense has a great pass rush Preston Smith Zadarius Smith they're going to be bringing a lot of pressure so Shanahan's going to have to find a way to balance out the the game plan I don't think they could put it in Jimmy G's hands and ask him to throw the ball 40 times and expect to win so I, I don't know I'm I'm not super optimistic about this game to be honest the 49ers are so banged up like you mentioned and the Packers outside of guys who have who are just hurt for the year. They don't have anyone else on the injury report right now. So they're fully healthy. They're coming off a bye. Things aren't trending in the right direction for our Niners. No, I'm I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. I do think they get the job done. 
I just at home. The Packers haven't been great recently um, in primetime spots. They're 2-7-1 against the spread their last 10 games at night. Um, the angle I like the most here, I mean, it's a golf spade. I do think the 49ers win on Sunday night. Three points is not a ton at that point. I I like I like them. Um, I think a lot of money is coming in on the Packers line open. I believe at three and a half, it's down to three. Um, I like the over in this game the best actually. If I were to bet on it, uh, the over is hit in the 49ers' last four games. Their their dominant defense has come back to like the the last three. It's kind of. Uh, become a little bit more normal as the competition's picked up um, versus Arizona and, and Seattle. And and the Packers' offense has also been been rolling of late. So I, I like the over 46.5. I think that's a good number um, if you're going to bet that. But, yeah, if I have to make a pick, since this is a pick em pod, I'm taking the Niners minus three. Shocker to no one. But, um, I mean, last week – we we bet against forty nine. We didn't bet against them, but we picked against them in our pool. Uh, got the Cardinals. Um, so I I think minus three. I do think they win. I know they're banged up, but I just think they're a better. T- I this is just an obvious blatant statement to say, like because I am picking the forty ers but I just think they're a better team. Um, and I feel like the Packers aren't as tested like on the road they've had a a ton of games at home um to start this season they beat the vikings at home but this is a huge test for them too it is i mean i know mahomes was implying but they did play kansas city at on sunday night they played in dallas so those were some tough uh road games but i like your take of the over um, that's going to be my pick for the game. I don't want to take a side because I'm biased. So I'm going to take the over to 49ers defense has come down to earth a little bit. I think the Packers defense, while good, you can score on them. So I could see this being a back and forth game and an angle uh, for the game. Uh, the 49ers lead the NFL in second half scoring and the Packers are 18th. And that's kind of goes with what we've talked about, about the Packers, where they'll either start the game super hot or like in the second quarter, just at some point, they might score in two straight possessions, three straight possessions, and they don't score for like 20 minutes. So this team is hot and cold. They haven't put together a complete game. So I like the over, and I think the 49ers will be able to take advantage of them as the game goes on and maybe be a little more consistent. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, So I don't know. I was all over the place there. I like the over, and 49ers will win. All right. So we're we are four for four. We are entering the danger zone of either the full full slate pick 'em uh, five team parlay, or you could do the full fade, uh, which would have worked last week. But we we're back. We're we're gonna we're gonna be hot here. Um, Tyler, Monday Night Football is a good one. We're blessed with a great primetime slate this week. Probably the, be- I mean, definitely the best we've had all year with Thursday night football being the AFC South matchup. Sunday night we just talked about it, Packers Niners, and Monday night football we get Lamar in LA taking on the Rams. Rams are three point home dogs over under forty six and a half. Now Tyler, I was shocked to see this. Do you know the Rams are seven and three against the spread this year? How how the hell does that happen? Yeah, it feels like when everyone has been kind of crapping on them all year, they've been 
great against the spread. I was two and zero with them as my lock of the week against the spread. Um, you know, they covered last week versus the Bears in a game where they didn't really play that well at all. And the Bears kind of controlled early and just couldn't take advantage. And then as time went on, the, the Rams kind of asserted their will. So it's, it is shocking. And the Rams defense has been playing well after getting torched by the Bucks and the Seahawks in back-to-back games. They've been really good over the last five games. They've only been allowing 12 points. So the Rams' defense has really stepped up while the offense kind of continues to have kinks. Jared Goff was not sharp at all last week. He made like one or two nice throws, but that was about it. So he continues to struggle. Todd Gurley had a decent game. So I don't know. It's hard to like get a lot of confidence in the Rams' offense. And on the Ravens' side, everyone is singing their praises. Lamar is the MVP. John Harbaugh, Coach of the Year. Everything is so great. Like when that usually happens in the NFL, you usually have like a letdown and a come down spot. And it feels like this might be it. Interesting. Yeah, I I agree. It feels the Ravens feel a little obvious, but they're just so hot right now. Um I think I'm gonna keep riding them until they actually let me down. And they've been a great road team. They're six one and one against the spread. Their last eight road games. Um and and the the Rams on the other side of the ball have not been great when they're a home dog of three and a half points or less. They're 0-3 straight up and 0-2-1 against the spread in the Jared Goff era in those situations. Um, and, I mean, their offense has been out of control. They're averaging 42 a game in their last three, and they're currently on a six-game winning streak. The defense is only allowing 16 points a game during that stretch. They started the season a little bit slowly on the defense side of the ball. They got some people back healthy. Um, they had that the loss versus the Browns kind of early where they their defense got uh, torched a little bit towards the end there. I I like the Ravens. I think this line goes up from minus three. I actually bet on them earlier today because I have a feeling come game time, this line's going to be closer to four. Um but again, betting on the Rams has been a profitable strategy as long as you don't do it when they play the Steelers like I did a couple weeks ago. Um, I just think until Jared Goff proves me otherwise, he's absolutely broken. Yeah, hearing you talk about it and looking at it more, I think I do like the Ravens at minus three. Last week, like I said, the Rams struggled. They lost time of possession, they lost a turnover battle, and they converted only three out of ten of their third downs. And that was against a Bears team that is completely falling apart at the seams. So now you have another team come in, the Ravens, who are super red hot. Um, Defense playing well, offense playing well. They're so multifaceted on offense, they're really hard to defend. So I think I'm leaning back towards you. Um, Wow. And going with the Ravens, I just, like you said, Goff, He's been really bad this year. He missed a lot of open throws last week. He made like he made one nice throw to Cooper Cup and he had a great throw to uh I think it was Josh Reynolds on a deep pass. Outside of that, he still misses guys way too consistently. And it's it's great for for Niner fan for any NFC fan really cuz this looked like a team that was shaping up to be a contender and kind of maybe the bullies of the conference for the next few years. But Goff has come down so much, and they gave him that contract that they're going to have a tough time building out a team around him. So that's good for the future. And for Monday night, um, I'm going to agree with you. Ravens are hot right now, and I think the Rams are just kind of treading water. Like, they've won 
three out of their last four games, but that was against the Falcons, who at the time were playing terrible, Cincinnati, and they didn't even play that well in that game, and the Bears, and they lost to the Steelers. So they haven't been as great as maybe recent games have shown. So I like the Ravens. So five for five. That's always a good sign. Yeah, that's that's the stuff of nightmares. And especially this Ravens defense, one last note on them. They they sacked Deshaun Watson last weekend, what, seven times? He's obviously on a completely other level than Jared Goff. The Rams' offensive line has had their struggles of late and are banged up. Like, I, that's just not recipe for success. And and we know, we've talked about it week after week, the Rams don't have a home field advantage. So the fact that this game's in L.A., yeah, it's a ways to travel for the Ravens, but it's not like they're entering the the black hole in Oakland. Like, there's there's not a real home field advantage here. So Ravens minus three. Lock it in while you still can. I'm telling you, there's no way this number stays there come kickoff. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And also just continuing to build on Lamar's MVP case, like a, a showing like this on Monday night versus, you know, a playoff contending team that could really take it over the top and continue to put people on notice. Like coming into the year, the last few years, there's been like a sophomore breakout quarterback. Um, it was Goff and Wentz a couple of years ago. Uh, who was it last year? I don't know. I'm forgetting. But there, <laughs> there has been, you know, that second year Deshaun quarterback. Watson? He, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Is that, was that second year? Yeah. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying. It's true. Well, Patrick he got Mahomes. Hurt. He got hurt, what? Two, he got hurt two years ago. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. So that sophomore bump has been a thing. And I think coming into this year, the top two guys for that were Baker, definitely, and Darnold. And Lamar kind of went under the radar, disrespected. And I think he plays with a huge chip on his shoulder all the haters against him coming out of college that said he might not be able to be a QB. So I could see a game like this on Monday night where he tries to pimp out a little bit and put up some numbers and continue to strengthen that uh, MVP case. And they're still in contention for the one seed in the AFC. So five for five on that. Move on to our locks. Are we about to have the same lock of the week? Because if it is, uh, we're in trouble. I have a feeling we might. You, you said earlier today you were nauseous about your lock of the week, so I'll let, I'll let you get started so you can okay. release that nausea. Thank you. Um, so I am 6-5 and five on my lock of the weeks. No, locks, you're, you're, locks of the week. Yeah, 6-5. and five. What? I'm beating you? Some I'm 7-4. Yeah. Correct. You're one ahead of me. You were one ahead of me last week, and we both lost. Sheesh. Um, yeah, are you okay out there? You seem a little foggy. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. All right. Well, we're fighting through the elements here. And for listeners at home, this is the earliest we've recorded a podcast in quite some time. So I feel quite good. So be interesting to see Tyler on this Eastern time zone. The things I put up with and fight <laughs> fight through on a weekly basis continue to go under the radar. Um, but yes, back back to the content. The My lock of the week. Okay. I, I surveyed the board. I do really love the Ravens Monday Night Football. Rule number one of of full slate is you can't give out a lock a week on Monday Night Football. We all know that. So I'm going with the New York Jets, Tyler, plus two and a half at home. Is that your lock of the week before I go into my my, uh, argument here? It is. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, I think they're three, though. No, it's two and a half. 
Um, if we're going, on, we're, we're going off our friend Dave Mason, Bet Online. Bet Online, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. This was the line I chose, plus three. Oh, it's one up. Interesting. Um, so that means I'll take it at plus three as well. So New York Jets plus three. Now the Jets are three and seven. You you picked them a couple weeks back as a sneaky playoff team. Then they went on to to poop the bed a little bit, at least Miami. But it seems like they're they're getting back into form a little bit. They've scored 34 points in back-to-back games. Yes, I know the competition. It's been against the New York Giants and the Redskins. However, this team like is actually like finally healthy and getting into shape. And we spoke about it before the season, but they were like a sneaky playoff contender. In my mind, like one of them or the Bills was gonna emerge, um, and they were up. Week one, we like kind of people forget about that. They're up in the fourth quarter by two touchdowns versus the Bills. They blow that game. Darnold gets mono. The whole season gets upended. However, they're three and seven now. They're coming in with a little bit of swagger. And on the other side of the ball, the Oakland Raiders, who we've we've spoken about quite a bit, they're a sneaky playoff team. Um, they're they are six and four. They had the awful travel schedule for a lot of the season. Um, but they only they only beat the Bengals at home uh, last week by seven. And despite their winning record, they've been outscored this year by 25 points. Um, so I think they're due for a little bit of regression. They've not been a good team on the road of late. They're three and eight against the spread uh, in their last 11. Specifically, they're they've lost their last five in New York versus the Jets. Um, which dates back. They have not beat the Jets in New York since 1996. I understand all the players are different, but I think this Jets team comes in with the swagger. I like them at two and a half. The fact that it's up to three, I'll take it there as well. Um, they The line opened at four and a half, Tyler. Jets plus four and a half. A ton of sharp action, which um, we're certainly not. But it does feel good to be on the same side as the Sharps, ride with them for the week. Um, And this feels like one of the first, to my memory, uh, underdogs um, that I've taken as a lock of the week. I feel like normally it's a a total or it's a favorite, but I feel pretty good about this one. Um, I I am nauseous. The fact that I know as soon as Sunday starts, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I bet on Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. But I think this team takes care of takes care of business at home versus the Raiders who have to fly west to east early game. Um, so are we at, we're actually six for set. This is a first. This is wild. Um, <laughs> it could really swing really good or really bad, but this, this could be like, this could be us like going public, like IPOing or going bankrupt. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, good good uh comparison there. Thank but you. I I agree for all the reasons you said since 2017 the Raiders are 2 and 6 straight up, 2 and 5, 2 5 and 1 against the spread in the Eastern Time Zone and on the road the last 15 in general. They're 2 and 3 straight up, 5 and 10 against the spread. A game's played away from Oakland. And like you said, they they have a winning record, but it's a little misleading. They've won a lot of close games which is a is something that is a good quality of a good team, but also maybe they get tripped up in a game they should win like this. 
And, you know, the Jets were supposed to be kind of a playoff wildcard team this year. They had things go against them early in the season that kind of cratered things. But last few weeks, they've started to build out some momentum. So I think there's going to be some excitement in MetLife for a game like this to take on the Raiders. And over the last three games, the Jets' rush defense has been the best in the NFL, and they've had the most sacks per game. So mm-hmm. the defense is starting to get some momentum. Jamal Adams is an unbelievable player. I know there was a report around the deadline that they're going to trade him. And, you know, any guy who's not a quarterback usually can be traded. But watching the Jets play, like, he's so awesome. I don't think that's a guy you can give up. He's a game-changing player on defense, a guy you want to build around. Because when you trade him, you get draft picks. You're trying to draft another Jamal Adams. So he's been incredible. The Jets are playing with some momentum, some swagger. Darnold is starting to get out of that sophomore slump and kind of find his rhythm. So we're both on the Jets. That's a scary proposition. An Adam Gase coach team, a New York Jets team that is never reliable. But I like them in this spot. Are the Raiders really going to win four in a row? I just can't see that happen. (laughs) And it also feels like in the NFL every year there's – Kind of, there are teams like, like what the Jets have done the last couple of weeks, where they, like the way the season started was an absolute disaster. You mentioned it, the Jamal Adams drama, Darnold's mono. It's kind of in the rearview mirror at this point, and they're just playing well. And it seems like the lines have not fully adjusted to the current Jets team that's out there. Um, like last week. Being a road uh, road underdog versus the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins like made no. As soon as the game started, I was like, "Wait, why didn't why didn't I take the Jets?" I ended up live betting them, making a little bit of money. But it feels like the same way as the Falcons right now that uh, you know all too well after taking Carolina last weekend. Like it's just a team that's playing with some swagger. The defense looks better. The offense is clicking, and it feels like the lines have not fully adjusted to it. And I Jets fans are going to be kind of excited. I like their schedule still is pretty favorable. And I think Jets fans. Yeah, right. So you mentioned it. So maybe now we get on the Jets uh, to make the playoffs, figure that out. Darnold said after they beat the Giants that they uh, that they're still in the mix for the playoffs, which is laughable. But when you win this game, then who knows? But. I can't believe we're six for six here. That's a first. Um, but I'm kind of excited, Tyler. The bad news is for me, I can't uh, tie you in the lock of the week standings, but it's okay. It's good for business to go all in like this. You know what this is setting up for, Tyler? An awful Sunday scaries. Well, yeah, but uh, t-shirt giveaway. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but... At this point in the NFL season, there are bad teams who just kind of like roll over and die. And then there are teams like the Jets, like the Falcons, who are bad, but they continue to play hard, who, you know, want to improve their record and show that they have more talent than their record portrays. So I see the Jets in that category. They're a younger team. They need to build out some confidence. So we're we're all in on the Jets, plus three at home, home dogs. It's been... I feel like it's been a good bet this year so far in the NFL. So hopefully we ride that trend and the Jets take us to the glory land. Yeah, no, I mean, playing the home dogs is a sharp move. So we'll we'll be imitators for the weekend. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. 
Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.